Michigan State football lands two recruits for the 2023 class. What on earth is going on in the transfer portal? We do have some updates from that. And then also, is Keon Coleman going to join the basketball team? And what on earth can we expect? That's one of the mailbag questions coming to you at the end of the show. Let's get it. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Lockdown Spartans listeners, Lockdown Spartans viewers? If you're, uh, you know, one of those people that like to watch this face for some reason on YouTube, hey, thanks a lot for giving us a shot here. Please rate, review, and subscribe any way you digest this media. And hey, before going any further, whoa, whoa, whoa! Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts, and we're gonna start this show with some. Happy recruiting news because, yeah, Michigan State got two commits for the 2023 classes. We are now officially within a week of early National Signing Day. So, yes, there we are. Uh, We're going to get to that in a hot second. Um, Actually, no, what am I talking about? We're going to get into that right now. Sorry, I'm already all over my notes. All right, first and foremost, Early on Wednesday, Isaiah Johnson, six foot two, three-star receiver from Richmond, Virginia, commits to Michigan State. And then later on in the day, Jalen Barberin, all the way out in California, he commits as a three-star running back. And let's start with Isaiah Johnson right now. Uh, this is a late bloomer in the cycle, and really because it gives kind of a late bloomer just picking up football to begin with uh he has only been playing for i think two years now so really has not been playing for all too long but still good enough to land a power five offer heading to michigan state and of course michigan state was not the only one here he was actually going to visit south carolina eventually he was going to visit very close to home virginia tech but after he visited not too long ago over last weekend he said no, that's that's okay. I'm going to stick here with my new home in East Lansing. So Michigan State gets a nice little pickup from Isaiah Johnson right there. Now a little bit about Isaiah's game. Uh, he has played defensive back. He has played running back. He has played receiver as well. Very busy gentleman. And I got to say, when you watch his kids film, uh, when they bounce him out to receiver, it's more just to give him more space. Uh, he just, oh, turn around, we're going to do a little wide receiver screen. You get the ball, and you just figure out what you're going to do, Isaiah, because you are shifty, you are fast, uh, you are a dynamic weapon in space. So, yeah, anyone that can even crunch a little bit of film knows what they're looking at when they watch Isaiah Johnson. That is uh, a guy that just is, a quite simply put, a playmaker for his team. So that's what Michigan State's getting right there. Hopefully a guy that they can get out in space, do his magic. And another guy, too, that can do some magic in space is going to be running back Jalen Barberin. Uh, Yes, a three-star running back from California. Uh, Has played receiver previously, so he is no stranger to catching the ball, of course. But the skill that sticks out the most, and you probably already know this if you have followed his recruitment, is just how blazing fast Jalen Barberin is. Uh, he he has reportedly clocked a 10.37 in the 100-meter dash. Uh, that is lightning fast. Actually, that's so fast that that would easily be an MHSAA state record in the 100-meter dash 
should he have ran track and field in the state of Michigan. So yes, this kid is going to be returning punts. He will ideally be returning kicks. Uh, he'll be getting wide receiver screens, probably some, hey, jet sweeps if uh, you want to call back to those great days. Jalen Barberin might be bringing those back. But yeah, standing at five foot nine. 190 pounds, like, this is a kid that's also built, too. Like, yes, he's 5'9", but he's not a scrawny 5'9 by any stretch of the imagination. Pretty built legs as well. And when you look at his skill set, what he can do, his size, and this is for uh, not an older generation, but definitely not, I mean, God, it's just crazy how the players that played when I was in college aren't becoming recent anymore, but I, I see a lot of Nick Hill in this kid, in Jalen Barber. And Nick Hill, to start his career at Michigan State, punt returner, kickoff returner, a guy that was in that 5'9"-ish area. So, yeah, I, I see a lot of similarities right there, except Barber's going to be a little faster than Nick Hill. I mean, Barber's faster than a lot of guys. He could very well be the fastest guy in the 2023 class, no doubt about that. So, that is two little tidbits of good news there for Michigan State recruiting, getting two good playmakers late in the cycle as well. Again, these are relationships uh, that weren't necessarily built out over the summer. These are pretty late relationships they made and were able to impress these kids enough to bring them on here. And also, hey, one more note about Jalen Barberin, also good friends with Sean Brown. He is a safety commit or defensive back commit, I should say, who is committed to Arizona right now. He's also in California, Michigan State, trying to draw him away from the Wildcats. So, hey, your best buddy uh, coming up to East Lansing, uh, that might only sweeten the pot right now. So, after that little bit of good news, Michigan State right now, depending on what recruiting site you look at, 24-7 uh, Sports has our Spartans at the number 33 class overall in the country, and uh, Rivals has them at number 45 right now. Uh, they sit at 12 commits just ahead of signing day. Like we said, next Wednesday is when you can start putting pen to paper for these high school kids. And as you already know, I say this every single time, of the 12 commits, uh, eight of them or nine of them are four stars. Again, that depends on what recruiting site that you look at. But shaping up okay, pretty good. We feel a little better about it right now than we did as we headed out of the weekend with just 10 players. So Michigan State can tack on a few more players. Well, they can actually vault into the top 25. And let's talk about some of these players that could send Michigan State into the top 25 for team rankings here. And first and foremost, you got to look at Sam Levitt. And if you've listened to the show, we've talked all up and down about this kid very recently because, well, the pan is starting to sizzle a little bit hotter and hotter in the recent days because, well, hey, Sam Levitt was just on campus not too long ago. Yes, of course, right now he's a Washington State commit and actually just got bumped up to four-star status, and that caught the eye of Washington. Uh, the kid is from Oregon, so Washington is, we'll call it, in his backyard. So, yeah, he's getting some attention late. But also what is making this story sizzle really loud is that Washington State's offensive coordinator, Eric Morris, he just took the North Texas head coaching job. So, Sam Levitt's offensive coordinator, or I should say future offensive coordinator, he leaves Pullman, Washington to go take a job somewhere. Could this not just crack open the door for Michigan State, but swing the door wide open? And if Michigan State were to get Sam Levitt's commit, okay, if you throw him into the little class calculator on 24-7 sports, according to that recruiting site, 
That makes Michigan State a top 25 team again in the recruiting rankings. Also, not the only kid that Michigan State has their eye on. Of course, they have Kedrick Rieskano, the running back that was committed to Michigan State, decommitted to Michigan State, or decommitted from Michigan State, and is now between Michigan State, Ole Miss, and Penn State. Michigan State still thinks that they are in the fold, even despite the commitment of Jalen Barbarin. This was always the plan to take two running backs, as far as I understand it. Now we're going to see if Kedrick is... Hmm, open to being one of two running backs in a class, but that's very common uh, in recruiting to be, you know, a two running back package when you enter a program. Uh, Kedrick actually just visited Penn State not too long ago, and Michigan State is going to do another at-home visit with him very shortly. It actually might be tonight if you're listening on Thursday. If not, very close to the weekend, they will be visiting him. So yeah, the staff, no doubt about it, a little busy hitting the recruiting trail, so just like we talked about with uh, Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports not too long ago, the, the Kedrick Riesgano is a three-way coin toss between Penn State, Ole Miss, and Michigan State. And then last but not least, Samson Okalola committing somewhere on Thursday. He is down between Florida, who he just officially visited over the weekend, Miami, who is feeling very, very good about their chances, Alabama, and then Michigan State as well. Again, we just had this conversation. Not all too optimistic, but I'd be lying to you if I said that I, I wouldn't be tuned into whatever social media channel he tells us to all go to at whatever time it is just to see you know, if uh, he will indeed be picking the leader, which is Miami, is what a lot of people expect, and then Florida for second place, and well, you don't get anything for bronze, but that's where Michigan State looks to be finishing here. But hey, you land him, okay, you land uh, Kedrick, you land Levitt. We're starting to talk about a top 20 recruiting class right now. And, uh, of course, there's still some three stars out there that we'll get into a little more as signing day hits the horizon. And we're going to talk more additions to this team, but the transfer portal. That's right. More than one ways to get a kid to your program these days. But first, I just need to talk your ear off about Bet online.net that's right hey world cup fever is sadly coming to a close uh, we got france argentina on sunday i'm gonna go with the frenchman over there as far as financial winnings go i want messi to win but hey you know what when i make my bet i'm gonna do it at bet online because they have been a blast to play with this world cup season with all their props lines and action quite simply put guys they are your number one source for your sports betting info stats news and analysis Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. And yeah, just like we talked about, the World Cup, they've got it all covered at betonline.net. And if you like sports podcasts, well, I've got good news for you, Buster. You can find even more of those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your sports betting action. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That is at Bet Online, where the game starts. And let's start this second segment, hey, by thanking you, first and foremost, for giving us a listen here. That's right, Locked on Spartans, your team every single day. And also, I want to tease tomorrow's episode as well, because we have Mark Titus on. Full episode, nonstop college basketball. We talk Michigan State basketball at the top. And then it's a little bit of a Big Ten preview as well, and... It's, it's a great chat with him. I've really had a good time chat with Mark Titus. So if anything football happens, we'll get to it at the end of the weekend in the meantime. But yeah, hey, keep it tuned to tomorrow's show for that. Uh, I do want to start the transfer portal discussion 
right now with uh, making a correction, I guess. This wasn't information that was known uh, when it happened, but Adamola Filet. He is the tight end transfer from Norfolk State, of course, Samson Okunlola's cousin. We talked not too long ago that, oh man, kind of a weird look, maybe even an error, uh, to have this kid that didn't really do a lot at Norfolk State pledge his commitment to Michigan State, take up a scholarship spot, while you might not even get his cousin, which is kind of probably the whole idea of doing this, he's a preferred walk-on. He's not getting a scholarship, uh, did not know that at the time, so, hey, no skin off our back. If Samson doesn't commit to Michigan State, okay, I'm going to be a little less wondering what happened with that whole situation. No no skin off Michigan State's back. Now, let's get into some more transfer portal talk. Uh, Samar Melvin, hey, he transfers to Michigan State from Wisconsin. This is going to be a depth piece for the cornerback room at Michigan State because Samar Melvin... 5'11 cornerback from Wisconsin. And actually not the only uh, Wisconsin transfer Michigan State has landed this week, if you were paying close attention. Uh, Jalen Franklin, who's another tight end, he joins Michigan State as well. Preferred walk-on spot for him too. But let's talk about Samar Melvin, who comes here with two years of eligibility left on his name. Uh, He only played in five games last season. Uh, This wasn't a kid that played a ton for Wisconsin, but he, he did get into a handful of games here. So I don't know if this is going to be a situation where he comes in and competes to be a starter day one. But then again, he's an experienced kid. Michigan State's cornerback room isn't necessarily bleeding experience, so to speak, because uh, he'll be competing for a starting spot with okay, Chuck Brantley. You figure he gets one of the starting jobs. But after him... Okay, it's going to be a battle between Samar Melvin, Malcolm Jones, Caleb Coley, Dylan Tatum, who also got the start against Penn State at the end of the year, uh, Chance Rucker, Eddie Pleasant, if any of those true freshmen make an instant impact, uh, Marquis Lowry as well. So, yeah, I, I don't suspect it'll be a starting role, but you can't immediately write it off just because of how young and inexperienced this room is well, compared to Samar Melvin, who has been in college football ranks for quite some time here. Uh, one reason why maybe Michigan State was picked so quickly from him is Syed Khalif, the, the general manager, of course, came from Wisconsin. They overlapped for a few years there, so the relationship was already built in right there. So he comes here, at worst, a, a death piece in the cornerback room because Lord knows how much injuries can play a role in a season, and when, when guys start falling, well, you got... To, you're you're going to want someone with experience behind your guys. Uh, also, hey, how fun's this? Michigan State gets a kicking commit from North Carolina. Let's get it popping. Uh, this is another man with the last name Kim. Uh, yeah, Noah Kim is the first one, obviously. And now we got this gentleman. Two years of eligibility from North Carolina. Perfect 12 for 12 on touchbacks last year. He was the kickoff specialist for North Carolina. Uh, he transferred after four games this year after going that perfect 12 for 12. You might have heard that and said, they only kicked the ball off 12 times this year. What are you talking about? No, he just left after four games to preserve more eligibility on his name. He's got two years. From my understanding, uh, he wants an opportunity to kick field goals because at North Carolina, he only kicked one field goal, and that was all the way back in 2019. He got a chance to kick it from 52 yards, missed that opportunity. But look, um, you 
you know this. Kicking was a complete disaster for Michigan State this year. It's a big reason why Michigan State is not preparing for a bowl game this month. Uh, so, if you wanted my opinion on the kicking, especially after Jack Stone left, someone reached out and said, hey, is this good? Is this bad? Like, I, Just hit the reset button on the whole kicker position. If you have two functioning legs and a set of cleats, great. C- come to Michigan State. Uh, that, that sounds like a great idea just for everyone involved. Um, so, yeah, to, to bring him on. That's that's fine. Uh, hopefully it works out here. Yes, he will be competing with Ben Patton. Uh, Steven Rusnak, I believe, still has eligibility. But, yeah, let's just get a, a dozen kids on the field once practice time starts. And just pray to God that someone can hit a 22-yard field goal somewhat reliably. Um, that'd be awesome. And you can definitely tell I'm still um, reeling from the season anyway. Hey, let's talk more transfer portal talk right here. Uh other targets, and this is a target that I think is worth talking about, Reggie Pearson. He is a safety out of Texas Tech, uh, and he's experienced with Big Ten football as well because, well, he did spend his first two years at Wisconsin, went to Texas Tech, and, hey, he got offered by Michigan State. And this hard-hitting safety, it might not be so far-fetched to see him in East Lansing because, hey, he's from River Rouge High School. So, got the hometown Connection right there. There is a safety spot to be had. Yes, we have young talent, of course, and you know Jamie Mangum probably already has that other starting role. But to play aside of him, you get a veteran leader like Reggie Pearson. Okay, not not bad. A guy that started at Texas Tech, a guy that had some big games, and uh, this is a guy that's also catching the eye of other programs like Arkansas, West Virginia, Mississippi State, even Oklahoma has reached out as well. I believe Oregon's trying to get in the mix. And also, uh, really quick, just because they are the two biggest fish that are still out there as far as transfers go, uh, Tumisi Adelaide, of course, he's the top 40 defensive end uh, recruit from Texas A&M that we've been talking about. Uh, He is visiting Miami this weekend. He's got a Cal visit scheduled after that. So, yeah, bummer Michigan State couldn't get his commitment when he visited over the weekend. But just like we discussed with Justin Thin, this is a kid that wants to take his time with his next commitment because, well, when you go so quick at your first school, maybe you realize that, okay, maybe I picked a school for the wrong reasons. Going to be a little bit more thoughtful this time around. So, yeah, it's Michigan State first, Miami Bat second, then Cal. And then Keyshawn Blackstock, he is the interior offensive line. Junior college transfer looking to uh, head down to uh, Seminole country. Uh, Florida State is where he's visiting this weekend. Again, uh, Michigan State is going to be in the fold here. Uh, definitely has him on the list, but that's just where the, the two biggest fish that were here last weekend are going next, if you're curious about that sort of stuff. Uh, we will be hitting the mailbag here in a hot segment. First, hey, tis the season for safety, so including driving sober. Hey, let's say you're hanging out with some friends and putting a few back. A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Now you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone? Hey, look, everyone knows the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and very often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now 
looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, well, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober, drive sober, or get pulled over. And let's dive into the mailbag here. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com if you ever do want to reach out uh, like these three folks have. Uh, we're going to start it off with a, with an unnamed emailer. That's okay. Hey, sometimes you're, you're running from the law. You, you can't just have your government name out there. Uh, and this is a simple question. It's a fun question. What about one of the most beloved Spartans that we have out there? Keon Coleman. The question is, any idea if Keon Coleman plans to join the basketball team? Do you want to see him join the basketball team? And if he does, what can we even expect from him on the court this year? Okay, we'll break that up into three parts. Any idea if Keon Coleman will be joining the team? Uh, this was a question answered by Tom Izzo a few weeks ago, and it did not lead to a lot of inside information there. It was simply, I'll talk with Mel Tucker about it, We'll see how things are going, but also mention that he was kind of nursing a hip injury that he suffered at the end of last year. So you got to deal with that to begin with as well. Um, just for context, last year he joined the team after the Peach Bowl and then three and a half weeks after the Peach Bowl, or closer to four and a half weeks, played against Michigan. So that's the timeline that we're on right now is maybe after three weeks of practice, four weeks of practice, then he'll hit the court, but... No indication of him even practicing yet so far. Now, do we want to see it? I'm going to be honest. Uh, no, because I would hate for a, a drastic injury to kind of derail his football career. However, with how thin Michigan State is, maybe it's just not the worst idea. I just prioritize the kid's health and what he means to the football team above, look, spot minutes on the basketball team. But obviously, it's not really uh important what i say because the decision will ultimately be up to him his team the coaching staff and everything like that but let's say he does play what can we even expect of keon coleman a guy that only showed up in a handful of games last year i believe it was five games last year maybe even six um the, god two really uh good moments that stick out well one was good one was quite the opposite of good is of course him dribbling the clock out against michigan going coast to coast for that layup was another great moment but also, too, uh, getting first half minutes on the road at Iowa uh, because Tom Izzo decided to bench, I believe it was Gabe Brown uh, because his senior wasn't doing good enough. So, hey, let's get the football player in there. So, yeah, he was used as a victory cigar against Michigan and as a coach's statement maker <laughs> against Iowa. But, look, maybe the team can probably somewhat use him. I don't know. Like, I, you see Jason Whitens out there. Right, and you start to wonder, okay, well, is depth so bad that we're using Whitens because we absolutely positively have to, and maybe even another body like Kia Coleman can also aid him there? And that's not to say Jason Whitens isn't doing good. I, you know, strong defensive player, uh, smart player from all accounts, but you know, doesn't really shoot the ball. Uh, Keon Coleman, of course, has no shortage of confidence. I'm sure he would huck up a few shots if he got some spot minutes, but Whitens... Usage is also dwindling down a little bit ever since Akins has returned, and it will, you know, go a little more down when Malik Hall eventually returns as well. So, in short, do I think it happens? Maybe like a 45% chance of happening, just because this is probably something that Keon wants to do, unless 
you know, he could see the potential he has for a professional football career and anything to jeopardize that. Maybe not a good idea. Um, we go next to, I didn't include this person's name because I, I don't know if this is a question they wanted to write on air, but we're going to go for it anyway. Uh, this goes with, or it's not even a question, it's more of a theory. We definitely have a mole in our athletic department's office. The free press going this far to get into the agreement with Matt Ishbia and the university contract just seems weird. The free press definitely has some inside info on what is in that contract and it must be something unusual. I don't know if it will be anything earth shattering, but that won't stop the free press from framing it in a certain way. You pair this with Tucker's $100,000 bonus contract making its way into the media makes me think that we have someone higher up that doesn't want Tucker around anymore. This is just getting way too weird. On the surface, <clears throat> that's a that's a crazy accusation to make. That that's a crazy premise that there's some like espionage going on, but you, you know what? Maybe it's not that crazy. Uh maybe it's not that insane to think that. And just to add some context to this email if you're a little bit out of the loop. Uh, the Free Press is going all in, fighting tooth and nail, to find all the agreements between Matt Ishbia, Steve San Andre, of course, the two donors that funded uh, the Mel Tucker contract, to see what kickbacks they would be getting. Now, I myself, I, I like to think I'm a pretty creative person when it comes to thinking. Um, not even in my wildest thinking can I even predict what could even be nefarious in this contract. I, like, I don't know, like, uh, these guys have agreed to a vial of blood from the game MVP every single time they win. I, like, I, I can't even think of what would be weird as a kickback. Like, yeah, they might get some privileges, like a cool ticket, some inside info, maybe you sit on a coach's meeting. But it, it is unusual that the free press is fighting this hard to get the details of that contract. And I don't think it's crazy that maybe they do have some inside info onto something that might be different because they are fighting for this thing as if it's like Watergate or something like that. And the other thing that he referenced in that email too was the story that Mel Tucker got a $100,000 bonus. He was supposed to spread out amongst his assistant coaches, but he pocketed it himself. And we talked about that with Stephen Brooks at the end of an episode a few weeks ago when this story was relevant. And this was one of Stephen's takeaways too was... How does that get out, necessarily? Obviously, reporters are doing their jobs. Obviously, Michigan State is a public university. Obviously, there's a lot of money going on with this highly scrutinized contract, but that is quite the appendage within a contract to pull out. You really have to go into the weeds and just being a really bored person to even notice that and then to follow the paper trail that the money wasn't dispersed. Or someone does know something and they tipped someone off, that seems a little more likely. And I know that this is all, like, sounding crazy, and maybe I should be having a tinfoil hat on, but, like, it is it that crazy? I don't know. Like, I, I think the, the whole, like, free press story thing in Detroit News of trying to find out what's in this contract um, seems a little crazy, but I, I am a little curious now at this point just to see how hard we're fighting for this. <laughs> like, what could it possibly B, like, I don't know, like, do they get to sacrifice a puppy after every single loss in the locker room? Like, I, I, I can't even, I can't even fetch a guess as to what could be so damning in this contract. But, yeah, again, like, 
maybe something is there. And if something's not there, then like, okay, then this was a, a completely weird saga, even for like uh, the, the blue wall, so to speak. But yeah, I, I don't know. That, that's what we're going to leave you on. Just wondering what's going on inside the locker room. And look, I, I'm not going to do the whole debate of whether having a whistleblower is a good thing or not. I mean, that, that seems like a topic for a different time if anyone's even interested in that, which I highly doubt anyone is. But yeah, it's just... A lot, a, lot of, a lot of weird kind of stories that we're fighting on here, isn't it? So, no, I, 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 it sounds crazy. It reads as crazy. I'm sure if you're a rival fan, you're listening to me talk right now looking like I'm a, like an absolutely insane person, but nah, something is a little uh, hmm, hairy about this. There's more that meets the eye here. So, hey, there you have it. Tomorrow's show. Keep it tuned. Uh, we got Mark Titus of Titus and Tate on. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning into Locked On Spartans. Your team every single day. You guys are truly the best. Hey, let's go. Have a beautiful Thursday. Love you all. Go green.